the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. The main reading for today's study on temperance, in some translations self-control, is from Galatians chapter 5. Amen. So we're, um, I will not say at the end because I'm going to do a bit more after, but this is our ninth part. Remember, it is a ninth fruit. Fruit is the, is the complete, the singular. It's the ninth part of the singular fruit, like a flower, the petals, remember we talked about that. And uh, these last three we'll be looking at are all to do with ourselves, how we deal with ourselves. Faithfulness, God is looking for that. He's longing for that. He's, in fact, that's something he looks at above most other things. Remember we said his commendation when we stand before him? Well done, you good and faithful servant. She's looking for that and you know sometimes we say, Lord, why won't you give me, give me this and that? I tell you what, if you're not faithful in a little, as he said, you won't be faithful in much. If you're not faithful in, in, in actually he was talking specifically about money and how, how you deal with your money. He said, don't expect the Lord to pour into you those greater gifts if you can't handle that which you already got. So faithfulness we looked at and uh, we'll just drop into that a little later because it links into tonight. Meekness was last week and that was a real challenge because it is the opposite of self. Self is gone. Opposite of self-interest, opposite of self-importance, of self-assertiveness, all gone. It's all about him. No self at all. When we begin to say I, me, my, all that, cut it off because it's all not. But tonight we're looking at something. Um, I, I'm, I'm loath to say self-control. It does mean that, but I like the word temperance because as soon as we say self-control, <clears throat> we again bring in self into it. Mm. Now there is that, but you see, <clears throat> temperance can only come, as we'll see in a minute, when the Lord is in us. Now there are many people who are great who can discipline themselves, but oh, there's no doubt. And we look at a moment about athletes and, and all those kind of things. Great discipline. But it doesn't mean that, you know, because if it's self-controlled by self, what will that do? It'll throw meekness out the, out the window straight away because it'll be all about me. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a cooperation. We look at a moment, and Paul is very, very clear. We look at the verses, absolutely severe. But ultimately, it's um, temperance. Now, temperance is an interesting word because um, you will, you, it depends how old you are, I suppose, but there's something called, or was, something called the Temperance Society which was um, uh, back, back in the 1800s, 1900s, which was really set up by great guys, Runtree, Cadbury's, Fries, who were so opposed to alcohol and, and the destruction that it caused, they set up chocolate uh, cafes and things like that, uh, hot chocolate. And um, it, it was, they, they saw, and they called it the drinking misery. And interesting, they, di- they didn't realize, but we realize now that alcohol is a depressant. It's, it's a depressant. But they, that's what they called it then. So that's how we set up. And, and of course, the trouble is when we think of temperance, it isn't that narrow. It, it, it does include that, but it's so wider. Temperance in every area of our lives. Oh God, to be self-controlled. Temperance, interestingly, uh, me being a linguist, of course, not, um, is from the Latin word templum, or the noun is templum, which really means to cut off. That's interesting, isn't it? Because what did Jesus say? We talked about it on Sunday, uh, Matthew 5. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it. If your hand causes you to sin, chop it off. He was using that, that thinking of temperance, of, of being very severe with sin and you know we've got to be very severe with ourselves um as we said before uh, light with others but severe with ourselves the trouble is we're usually the other way around don't we severe with others and light on ourselves um but be absolutely see 
because, you know what, we've seen, and you don't have to look through church history too much, you can look at, I've just, had, I've just talked to a, a friend this week and, and seen the destruction that lack of self-control can cause, you know, in, in church life, in your personal life, and then, of course, uh, what do we say? Oh, it's, it's only affecting me. Hmm. It's no such thing. Hmm. It's no such thing because we're interconnected to everybody. So it always has a ripple effect uh, and it passes down through. So it is to cut off. And we didn't read this verse last week, but it is really the, 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 the core, the foundation verse of, of a disciple. Matthew 16, 24, 26. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he gain the whole world and yet lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So clear and wise, yet we, we pass over that. We, what we said last week, the religion of the day is, is uh, what do we say, is, is self-satisfaction or self-fulfillment. That's the religion of the day, self-fulfillment. And of course, that's seeped into the church. If it suits me, if it helps me, 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 if it makes me feel better, all that kind of thing. Hey, you're gone. All about him. Pick up your cross, deny yourself and follow me. Wow. Unbelievable. Um, but we see, well, how, how do we know it's the last days? Well, temperance, self-control, has no place in today's society, is it? You talk to kids and people about self-control and they laugh at you. Mm -hmm. You talk to them about uh, uh, being chased before marriage and they say, pardon? You what? Okay. You, 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 but you go back to general, I was just talking to a lady yesterday. And uh, her father, um, when her sister lived lived together with a with a future husband then, they had to hide that he was living there because he was so against it. You know, how things have changed. In, in a generation, we would say, maybe two generations, how things have changed so quickly. Unbelievable, really, isn't it? Um, so let's look at 2, 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. This know also, that in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of them, their own selves, covetous, boasters, What a great description of today. <laughs> An absolute. Uh, they're not irreligious. People are not irreligious sometimes, they. But no reality, no power of God, no actual saying, look, that is not the way to live. This is the way to live. And uh, that that's that, that's de defines the last days where we are. But let's look at the consequences. Just one little verse in Proverbs. Proverbs, remember Psalms, how we relate to God. Proverbs, how we relate to each other. Great. I love reading Proverbs. It always makes me chuckle, some of the Proverbs, but how we deal with each other. Proverbs 25, 28. Whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. Whoever has no rule over his spirit is like a city with broken down walls. What does that mean? It means you are open to attack to the enemy, any people can come in and go out, there's no resistance, there's no barrier to what the enemy wants to do. It's, and it all comes down to ruling yourself. 
mastery over your life. Naturally, of course, we are self-indulgent, we are lazy, it's all about me, but with him, it's all about him. Self-mastery, the word is continence, as opposed mm. to incontinence, mm. which, which is the old word for um, being lazy and being flagrant and doing what you wanted. Strength to control, power to conquer. It is interesting that um, uh, we're going to read uh, Paul now, and I don't know about you, but sometimes you know when we, we witness and testify, we can sometimes, um, you know, uh, talk about things that don't challenge people, don't we? Uh, but if we, if we if we look at uh, Paul now, when he, he he goes straight, unbelievable, really. And uh, Paul's talking to Felix now, and uh, Acts twenty four twenty two to twenty seven. Then Felix, who was well acquainted with the way, adjourned the proceedings. When, like as the commander comes, he said, I will decide your case. He ordered the centurion to keep Paul under guard, but to give him some freedom and permit his friends to take care of his needs. Several days later, Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. He sent for Paul and listened to him as he spoke about faith in Christ Jesus. As Paul talked about righteousness, self-control and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and said, that's enough for now, you may leave. When I find it convenient, I will send for you. At the same time, he was hoping that Paul would offer him a bribe, so he sent for him frequently and talked with him. When two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus, but because Felix wanted to grant a favour to the Jew, he left Paul in prison. It's very interesting Paul <coughs> picks on those subjects to talk to him about. Um, really straight down there. Because Felix wasn't a righteous man. He was a corrupt man. We can see even from a little glimpse, even before we look at, at some of the historians, he was hoping for a bribe, he, he, for the favour for the Jews. Every, anything went as long as it favoured him. And he was looking always his way. Uh, they tell us that he was a, he wasn't a, he was a freed man who became because of his brother had, had good links with uh, with the Caesar at the time or Nero at the time, and uh, Tacitus said he was a, he was a, a king with a slave's mind, so they didn't like him. He wasn't a great guy. He was a, but very interesting that his, this is his third wife that he's with now, who had just left her husband to be with him. Now I don't know about you, but. It, you know, we, 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 we sometimes go, but he's coming straight at him with righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. I don't know about you, but I, I'd have chosen something else because, I mean, you know, this is life or death here now, isn't it? Yeah. it? It isn't, you know, with us, we can, you know, we'd be put aside or made fun of. Life and death. But you know what? He would not. This is the founder. He was after his heart, after his soul. And he said, look, this is the way it is. And you're not living it, Felix. And the Bible says he was afraid. He was afraid. But of course, fear does not always translate, does it, into repentance and change, um, as we said before. Um, so it, this is the key, the foundation, I suppose, of, of, of where we are. Self-control, God is, the fruit of that, we look at it in a moment, the fruit of salvation is to be able to grab a hold of ourselves and to say no, or to say yes, depending. Um, in the um, Septuagint, which is the Greek version of the Old Testament, they use this particular word temperance uh, for a particular situation. It's the situation of Joseph. Let's read it. Uh, Genesis 43. 
As he looked about and saw his brother Benjamin, his own mother's son, he asked, Is this your youngest brother, that one, the one you told me about? And he said, God be gracious to you, my son. Deeply moved at the sight of his brother, Joseph hurried out and looked for a place to weep. He went into his private room and he wept there. After he had washed his face, he came out, controlling himself, said, Serve the food. When he came out, he controlled himself. He grabbed a hold of his emotions. Now, let's just think about this now. He had the power to sort them brothers out. Mm. Bitterness, unforgiveness, all those things he, he could have justifiably held on to because they'd sold him, his own brother. But the Bible says he grabbed hold of himself. He controlled himself. This word is there. And he says, no, no. And he began to think. Remember at the end he said, look, you meant it for bad, God meant it for good. You thought you were doing your work, God was in, the, in right in the process. And that's what we said. What do we say Sunday? Don't be a victim, be a student. Don't be a victim, be a student. Learn every, everything that comes across our path is for our teaching and for our growth. And to be able to put those fruit into action. He grabbed hold of him and said, well, of course, um, it isn't of ourselves, is it? Left to ourselves, we would be good in some areas and pretty poor in others. But thankfully, it is all about him. Uh, Je uh, John 5, 15, John 15, 4, 5. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, Without me, you can do nothing. Mm. It's all about him. You see, and that's why we take the fruit of the Spirit. It's all about relationship and about him in us. When he's in us, we just read Gen Galatians 5. Walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. Allow him to live through us. And it's not necessarily Christ-likeness. It's even to go far, as we read in a minute, it's Christ-ness. Christ-ness in us. Him in us. Producing his character. <coughs> Producing that, it's all about him. Ephesians 5. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. See, that gives us the picture that man needs to be filled. Man needs a core, a center, something. But he says, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with him so you can produce him. And he goes on to tell you how to do that. It's <coughs> all about him, allowing him to have his way in our lives. Um, there, is a, there is a cooperation, of course. Philippians 2, we've looked at that before. Work out that which he's already put in us. Now let's read this, this chapter, or this part of this chapter, always challenges me really to the core when we under, when we begin to understand what it's saying to us uh, 2 Peter 1 and it's 2 to 11 it's a little bit long but it's vital Rest in peace dear Matthew Clay to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls us by glory and virtue by which we have been given as exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine 
nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for the very reason giving all diligence add to your faith, virtue to virtue knowledge, to knowledge and self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. It starts with him, but it is vital that we are diligent. Use that word very clearly, diligence. It starts with, what did he say? We are participators, we are fellowship with the divine nature. Mm. Now that verse alone, um, I, I pray that that will soak into your heart tonight. That if you were his, if you have given him your life, you are partakers in the divine nature. His, in a sense... We, we like that word DNA has been implanted into your spirit. He, in us, in us, so he can live out through us. But there is a cooperation. And, the, and he goes on through these, add this and this and this and this. He says, add to knowledge, temperance. We talked about it on Sunday. Knowledge is not knowledge unless it's lived. Remember that knowledge is not knowledge mm -hmm. if it's just intellect. No, not, not biblically. Biblically, knowledge is only knowledge when it's actually lived out and it's it's he uses this word add add to your faith knowledge temperance moral excellence all those kind of things well really the word is supply and um the word comes from um when they used to do uh drama festivals the greeks used to do drama festivals a man would come along a rich sponsor we always like those don't we which sponsor and pay the expenses of the chorus and participate and, and join with the poet in the state in, in, in the propagation of the production of the plays. He was noted for his lavish exp expenditure. What are we saying? Costly and generous cooperation is absolutely vital to add those qualities to our life. It takes him, the poet, he's a poet, of course, Ephesians 2 verse 10, we are God's workmanship, we are God's poem. He's bringing rhyme and reason and all those things, syntax and all the things to our life. Mm. But you know what? We need to supply. We need to be a rich benefactor. What do we mean? We bring ourselves. We bring everything. We are diligent. We say, look, cooperation, God, whatever you want to do, I'm ready. Whatever you send me, whatever you say to me, whatever circumstance they cross me, however difficult that person is today in my life, Lord, I'm going to produce, I'm going to choose to go your way. When I want to say something, when I want to do something, when I want to be narky, snarky, we used to talk about last week, didn't we? I'm going to cut it. I'm going to stop it. Self-control. Bring it under control. How do we do that? By cooperating with the poet, with the master. Bless his name. Now listen to these verses, because Paul's now getting a little bit serious. Um, 1 Corinthians 9.
Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, he's getting very serious now. Now, he's not talking about asceticism where people actually try and smash their body to overcome their desires. No. No, we have, we have power from God, but we have to take our body under control. We really do. In, in, naturally, in our appetites. Uh, we talked about uh, what, we, what we, you know, our weight. You know, sometimes we, we neglect that, don't we? But no, no, best be, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. God says, look, look after it. Be self-controlled in every area of your life. Why? Because you reflect in me, temple of the Holy Spirit. But he said, I'm grabbing all my body. He said, I'm going to beat it. He's being very, he's talking about a boxer that actually is pummeling somebody and giving someone a black eye. It's used of the, uh, the other verse in Luke 18 with the widow, remember the widow and the unjust judge? And he said, I've had enough of her. She's coming to me and she's giving, she's knocking and knocking and knocking and she will not give up. When we think about athletes and boxers, nothing's given to chance. There's absolute discipline, absolute focus. There's absolute purpose and goal. They will not give up. Nothing will hinder their training. Absolute, you can, you, if you've ever watched any of them, you know, there's absolute dedication to their goal. And Paul is saying, we should be the same. Because you know what? He said, your greatest enemy is yourself. Those appetites left unchecked will run away from you. What do we say? I can handle it. Don't we say that? Oh, yeah. Talk to any drug addict, alcoholic, or any, anything, who's, who could, they could handle it at the beginning. Of course they could. Until it grabbed all of them. And that was the end of it. And it's grabbed all, it's the other way around now. And um, so it, grabbing a hold of ourselves, those appetites, those things. And uh, he, he uses the word um, castaway, actually. Um, it means to be reprobate. And it is a very serious word. Um, it means to be totally disqualified from um, the prize. So he said, unless I do that, even though I preached, he said, I could become a castaway. The word reprobate, you can find it in Romans 1.28. It's a real serious point there. He said, I've given them over to a reprobate mind. 2 Corinthians 13 says, examine yourself, test yourself, see if you're in the faith, unless you are reprobate. Really serious. Uh, Hebrews 6, uh, 8 says, look, look at the soil in your life. Look at what you're producing. If it's thorns and thistles, it's reprobate and you need to sort it out. So he said, look at your life, grab a hold of it. Outside of Christ, there's no chance of you grabbing and changing your habits. You can change that habit. You know what will happen? You'll change your habit, but replace it with another one. <laughs> Maybe not as bad, sometimes worse. This is what, how, let's look. God is looking for it. It's the need. It's a need in our lives. Two, uh, Titus 2, 11 to 14. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, 
We should, be, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed that purify, purify for himself his own special people, zealous, and zealous for good works. See, the fruit of salvation is to say no to sin is to say no see our conscience is now a, a, a lightened aren't they Holy Spirit's in my spirit now I know it's absolutely right and wrong that's why the Holy Spirit is flowing in me the word of God is so vital because that he uses that to cut and to think that's the focus the focus is because he's coming again I'm always ready I'm ready because one moment I could be here next minute I could be into eternity I'm ready plus we're his children we're his children and uh, as we said on Sunday, we, you know, we, this is how we behave in the house. And remember that man adopted his, that child? And he said, oh, that's not how we behave in this house. Until he, his behavior changed. So he, he said, now, well, you are a child. You're my child. But now you can represent me. We are, the fruit and the focus of our salvation is temperance, self-control. No. And we have the ability. Now, when we, we, do we always do that? Sadly not. Um, in, in different areas, uh, James talks about the tongue. So small, he said, ah, but our biggest problem. <laughs> so small, but our biggest problem. Isn't it amazing the tongue never gets tired? Yeah, yeah. Our muscles do, didn't we? But our tongue, oh, they can keep going forever. Yeah? You never say, I'm st you're jogging ache, but your tongue don't. You have a joy, but not, not tongue -ing. Well, vital it is, vital it is because uh, of the enemy. 1 Peter 5, 6 to 8. Be humble under God's powerful hand, so he will lift you up when the right time comes. Give all your worries to him, because he cares about you. Control yourself and be careful. The devil, your enemy, goes around like a roaring lion looking for someone to eat. You see, the devil knows the areas in your life that he can attack. And remember, no, he, sometimes he attacks our strengths because we know where they are strengths and we be careful because pride is not too far away from every one of us. Yeah? Just give thanks to God that's not challenging you. But never be, always be a bit careful there. But he knows our weaknesses and you know what? He will, he will go for them. That's why he said, humble yourselves. Lord, I'm absolutely dependent on you. Cast your cares on him. I'm totally dependent on you. Then he says, why? Because the enemy is going around the low line. Hold yourself. Be sober. Be alert. He says that lots of times. Be sober. Be alert. Why? Because of lots of things. But the enemy's around trying to destroy you. And you don't, again, have to look too far in our world, in the church, to see the enemy is there trying to trip up. And um, self-control is the problem. I was talking, I was saying, I talked to a chap this week and they were saying about a particular situation and uh, the situation is, is so clearly wrong, yet the people say, oh, we are happy. Ay, ay, ay. Well, yeah, that, that's, that's, the, that's the mantra of today, isn't it? Mm -hmm. hey, right and wrong? No, 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 this, this is what the word says, but we are happy, we've made our peace with it. What? That's called self-delusion. Mm -hmm. Frightening place to be. It, it better to be in a place where, look, I know the situation's wrong and I know it's wrong. Um, that's, that's the place to be in a sense that you know it's wrong. Once you've 
persuaded yourself is right, then you're in trouble. Mm. Laodicean church thought they were okay. They said, you're deceiving yourselves. Mm. You're totally deceptive. You're blind. And that's the place to be. That's why we need to keep our lives close to him, under his control, dependent, self-controlled. Why? Because we know it doesn't take long for us to veer off and think, where, where am I now? Oh, I'm such a long way from where I should be. But instead of coming back, we say, oh, perhaps the Lord's brought me here. Don't we? We spiritualize our sin. It's right through the Bible, we see it so many times. But uh, 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5. 2 Timothy 2, sorry. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of my witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in, a civilian, in civilian affairs but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown, except by competing according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. Faithfulness, again, there, isn't it? He said, look, what I've given you, give to faithful men. Interesting, he didn't say give to gifted men. Give to, give to those men that are one, give faithful, reliable men that can actually pass on what I've given you. Actually, give what I've given you. <laughs> Not, you know, mix it with their idea. Faithful men. And then he uses three analogies, which is again, all about self-control in suffering. He uses a soldier. Well, what's a soldier? Absolute obedience, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry, Sergeant, I don't agree with that. I don't give He's what you do. You do what you're told. Absolute obedience. Athlete, absolute commitment. No good saying, oh, I woke up, woke up six o'clock this morning. I didn't feel like going for a run this morning. Didn't feel like going to the gym. Well, he ain't, he ain't going to the Olympics, is he? Hmm. I, I feel like I think, oh, I'm going to have McDonald's tonight. Hmm. Well, go and have McDonald's and well done. But you're not going to the Olympics. All the absolute commitment. Farmer, absolute faithfulness. Hmm. Isn't it? Absolute faithfulness. They are there up in the morning at some you know, time we don't even think about. Faithfulness. And he brings all these pictures in to say, look, this is who you should be as a man and a woman of God, all under self-control. Keep yourself in check. Someone said, Christ-likeness is not itself a soft-scented sweetness. It is a rock-hard determination to do the will of God whatever the personal cost. It is not soft-centeredness. It is a rock-hard determination to do the will of God, whatever the cost. You said, oh, I didn't think Christianity was like this. Let me tell you, there's only one way to live. And you know that brings freedom, liberty, wholeness, health. When you say no to those desires, uh, it, brings, it brings great stewardship, because you're not actually, because self-control talks all about our stewardship. We, we, we look at that and think, oh, I can do with that. Do you actually need it? Not really. I'm going to buy it anyway. Self-control says, no, no, no. I'm not going to buy that. Number one, didn't my money. It's the Lord's money. Isn't it? Oh, forgot about that. Forgot about that. Do I use my money or do I use the Lord's money? There's the, there's the, there's the difference. Self-control. And the verse we read last week, which really um, is, is where we are, the choice to put on 
Remember we talked last week about meekness? To pursue, to follow, to put on all verbs which we participate in, which God says, use, use the gifts, use, the, use the, the abilities, use them. Put them on, apply them, pursue them, make them your goal. The fruit of the Spirit. Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in the perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord, Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father for him. See, outside of fellowship, those fruit can't be realised. Yeah? Because they've got to be realised in relationships, isn't it? Because it's no good to me saying, I'm, I'm very patient, I am. Well, who have you spoken to today? Nobody. <laughs> uh, who have you actually uh, bothered with today? Nobody. I'm very patient today. Very, very kind and loving and gentle and all those things. But it, it's born out. And it's going to be seen, reproduced. Now, someone said this. We're not just to follow. We are to re- reproduce him. We're not just to copy him. We are, he lives in us. We are sanctified because he possesses us. It's not just a pattern. It's his living presence in us. And through us. Uh, what a great gospel we have. He didn't say live, he didn't say to us, get on and do that. He said, No, no, no. Let me come and live in you, be by your side, be in you, let's walk together. That's why he calls it the way, the walk. Amen. So this week, self-control, self-control, bless the Lord. Temperance. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. To find out more about our church visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org